Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman. This is your Northern Trust preview, storylines, expert picks, matchups. We've got it all. And joining me today, we'll start with Greg Ducharme, who's on mute. I'm not sure. There he knows. Okay. What up, Greg? I'm, uh, I'm well, first of all, thank you for having me. <laughs> Second of all, I'm, uh, I'm at, down at the academy today. So I'm in kind of a banquet hall here and i'm overlooking the throgs neck bridge and the whitestone bridge it's actually quite a stunning view um but jacob wouldn't let me point the camera that way um because i guess it kind of made me look a little bit worse but that's why i'm muted i'm going to be muted in between uh in between my own shots here so okay i just didn't know if you knew you were muted yeah i was i was gonna say i remember my first podcast and you know having to (laughs) take myself off mute (laughs) and that right there Back from a little bit of well-deserved time off, it's Kyle Porter. What up, KP? I was over at Speed. Speed lives about ten miles away, and yeah. uh, we were we were kind of. He got back, you know, early Sunday afternoon after that early tea time. Yep. And we were kind of grinding on short game stuff. So I'm refreshed. He's refreshed. Let's do this. I imagine that's going to go very well for him this week in <laughs> Boston. Gentlemen, let's jump into the storylines, and we are driving the tour presented by Volvo, and what's driving the tour right now, it's the playoffs. It is the chase to get into the top 70 for next week. Of course, now, Greg, we're down to three playoff events as opposed to four playoff events. It makes the the jumps just a little bit bigger now because we're going to have 125 this week. We're going down to 70 before we get to uh, Chicago. And I mean, there's a lot of guys on the outside looking in. We're going to talk about them, but this is where the points get tripled. This is where all this volatility, all the movement starts right here. Everything. I mean, anything can happen, which is a really cool aspect to this, uh, to the playoffs, which, as I said earlier in the week, they've really grown on me over the past couple of years because it seems to be something that the players are, uh, are really taking an interest in. And, and a lot of their goals at the beginning of the year relate to making it to East Lake, getting into the top 30. There, uh, many of the goals from uh, the PGA Tour players are headed towards the playoffs. So as it gets more important for them, it becomes much more interesting for us as the viewer. And I, I think we're set up for uh, a really, really exciting tournament. Um, and, and exciting up and downs. The triple points, it used to be quadruple points. Going to triple points, I think, is probably a, a, a wise play. And But you're still going to see a ton of movement up and down. Do we like the playoff format, Kyle? Like, is this, is this I mean, what it used to be? It used to be 125 to 100, right? And then 70, and then 30. So my, my idea was always that you should eliminate players after every round. Oh yeah, I think I've so. This before. <laughs> so there's <laughs> wow. You can you can file this. I mean, this is half baked. I, I admit. So there's 12 rounds. You've got what one 125, 
Yeah. So after every round, 10 guys, see ya. You shoot wow. 77 on day one, you're out. I mean, how good would that be? Well, for who? It, for who? it would definitely be exciting. That's right. See, the thing is, you there are a couple of goals that you have to meet when, when you're dealing with the playoffs, which is the challenge. Because you want to create the most exciting product. You also want to have your stars play. And to Kyle's point, it would be extremely exciting to watch that way unless – all the guys that you know, all of your favorite players get knocked out in the second round, right? Yeah, so, but the, the counter to that is if Zach Blair makes it through to the last 20 or whatever, that's life-changing money for him. Mm-hmm. It's not for Rory or JT or whatever, you know, but for somebody like Zach Blair, ZB, shout out, it is. I, I do the – other, the other thing, and tons of people have mentioned this, so it's not new, uh, some sort of match play at the end I think would be – unbelievably compelling you know and, and we've sort of gotten that over the last couple of years with uh, Rory Tiger in 18 Rory uh, yeah Rory Kepka in 19 so you, you get a little bit of that in, in terms of like the final pairing at Eastlake where there's a difference in 10 mil uh, in first and second right but to get that if you take take the final eight or the final four or whatever and do it on a Monday night a Tuesday night or I don't know, I guess you'd have to do it on the West Coast. There, there's a lot of variables there. But I, I think the match play part of it, I mean, you guys watch the USAM. That's unbelievably compelling. Mm-hmm. And to, to do that, it's just, it, it just breaks up what becomes, at least style-wise in terms of the way they play, a kind of a, a monotonous season of just stroke play, stroke play, stroke play, 18 holes, 18 holes, 18 holes, throwing some match play. And, and I think that would make it even more interesting than it already is. I do think that would be interesting. There's another goal that the PGA Tour has in the, Fe- the design of the FedEx Cup playoffs. And I do think it's important, but I think there's a way to circumvent it. And they want to reward players for their regular season. And they yeah. kind of tried to do it with the Wyndham Rewards, but, which I think is a great idea. But I think Wyndham Rewards is too small in comparison to, uh, to the FedEx Cup. So the FedEx Cup is sitting there at – whatever the, the purse is, 60, I think it's $60 million for the, for the playoffs. And then you have a $10 million for Wyndham. So my idea has been make the Wyndham kind of this regular season finale. And in, in order to make all the great players, uh, to incentivize them to play, you raise the stakes in the Wyndham. So points triple, same as playoffs. It's almost like a first playoff event slash final regular season event. And you, you have a, a split purse. Maybe, maybe it's not split exactly, but let's say you had $35 million that was divvied up at the end of the regular season to reward all the players who played great throughout the year. And then you take, um, once everybody gets into the playoffs, you take the remaining 35, and then you'd be freed up to do some of these more exotic ideas where you do a match play situation, where you do a, a kind of round-robin elimination sort of style where it can be a little more cutthroat, which is exciting for the viewer, um, but risky because you, you want to make sure you're rewarding the right players. Yeah. We just need Wyndham to kick in some more uh, moolah. Yeah. Well, maybe Wyndham <laughs> and FedEx who come together. I don't know. <laughs> they can figure something out it's all during, there, a, right? during a pandemic. What, what's your idea, Rick? What would you change? Um, I, I don't, Oh man, I don't know, but I, I, I might be alone on this. I actually like the staggered start in the in the tour championship because I think the worst thing for the sport was having a guy finish early on Sunday morning and be crowned the FedEx Cup champion or having a winner of the tour championship and having a different winner of the FedEx Cup and trying to figure out 
what like there's nothing worse than trying to figure out the calculation that nobody knows the calculation to uh to figure out the points steve sands with the whiteboard right and just be like oh that that birdie Yes, he's now in position. This is it. Congratulate. Like that's it's very anticlimactic. It's very confusing. So I actually like the staggered start. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, I think KP I, I just want more match play in general, right? I want there to be a match play major. I want there to be like I, I just want more match play. And I feel like this is a pretty when you're already narrowing the field down to 30, and you could do 32 and go to a match play, like very pretty easily and have a bracket style and as we know everybody loves a good bracket like uh, that feels natural yeah what's the most compelling stuff that we've seen over the last two or three years it's Ryder cup president's cup how good was the president's cup last year yep uh it's ncaa's it's usam that that stuff is completely fascinating by the way do you know who won the uh the 18 uh fedex uh was it rose I completely forgot that because you had all the tiger stuff and I was looking up something for, for this year's playoffs. And I was like, wow, wait, Justin Rose won the FedEx yeah, cup. Because he was in like the first group out on Sunday and he was done by 9am. <laughs> but and that's he, your, he that, to, that's your point, right? Right. That's, that's yeah. the problem. Right. Imagine so how much bigger that would have been if, if tiger is now also your FedEx cup champion. Like it's, it's, except it's he wouldn't, he wouldn't have, I don't uh, – what do you have won? He was uh, really close. Justin know. Rose had to be in the top five, and Justin Rose was, like, kind of chugging in to finish in the top five, and he barely did. And I think, I think he ended up beating Tiger by one stroke, if I remember correctly. If, if Justin Rose finished outside the top five or whatever the, the way Ty was, you got to figure out the calculation, uh, <laughs> Tiger would have won the FedEx Cup. So it was complicated. And he, now we're going to go to Steve Sands for a, uh, a, a drop here. You got we're, that now, drop, we're now going to go, we're now going to go to Steve Sands, who is going to tell us who the FedEx cup champion is because <laughs> we can't see it with our own eyes on the course. Like that's a crazy situation. So your, your point about like the staggered start, it's not great. Like it's not great. I, 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 I agree with your point about it simplifies it, which is good. I, I think that's true. I just think there's a way to do it in match play or some other format that is less goofy. That would be even better. I mean, I, I tend to agree. Just do, just do a bracket of 32, one versus 32, two versus 31. You'd get some really killer matchups because some, some great stud would be like 31st and beat the two seed. It, it would be awesome. Well, but the, 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 the real idea here, and this is not mine, I think I've thrown it out there before. This is from Chris Solomon of No Laying Up. And this was his idea for the WGC event. Have ha, have the number one guy get to pick who he plays. Nice. So if you're if you're JT, and and make it a make a TV. I would watch that. I mean, throw a few beers in there. Little you know, Phil's drinking wine. Literally <laughs> anything can happen. And so you get JT up there, and he's like, I want whoever. I don't know who you who who's in the so, top. So, so, no, Tiger. Yeah. So this week he he'd take like Ryan Palmer. Yeah. And Palmer's yeah. like, what the heck? Come yeah, on. It would, like- <laughs> it would be awesome. <laughs> and then, you know, Bryson would pick Brooks and it would just, it would be fantastic. Yeah. Definitely entertaining. The only thing that I worry, I, I worry about match play events uh, on tour and, and a couple reasons. Ryder Cup and President's Cup are different because you have 12 matches out there. Yeah. And they all end up counting for one point. But when you get a final like we had 
like the the WGC uh, Dell Technologies match play is is kind of up in the air on how it does. It's very risky. If you get Kevin Kisner beating Bubba Watson seven and six, it, it it's not an extremely compelling way to end your season. <laughs> so you and there's no way to circumvent that. That's the nature of match play. Now you can get what you got at the USAM where it comes down to the final hole and nobody can see because of fog. It, like you can get really compelling matches for sure, but there's also always that chance that. Somebody's burnt out. Somebody kind of uh, mails it in, or somebody just dominates, and then it's a little bit of an exhale, a little bit of a letdown. I think that, I think that's a good point, and I think honestly, like the less money that's at stake, the more interesting the match play we see, right? Like, right. which is which is really weird. Like, it's almost like the the WGC event is the least compelling of all the match play, even though it has the most money at stake. And I'm not I'm not totally sure why that is. Maybe it's you know, it's not a team deal, obviously. I, I, don't, I don't know. But I, I think that's a really – I think that's a valid point, Greg, and something that it would be difficult – it would be hard to address that, I think. I, I think the best – I would just like to see these guys play where the FedEx Cup – like, Tour Championship is a stroke play event. I think stroke play, although we have a lot of it, I think it's the most compelling way to decide the winner of a tournament. I think it always ends up being the best TV. Think about the finishes we've had so far this year. But – the, the difference is the winner of the tour championship has to win the FedEx cup too. So you got to kind of duel it out for the prize. Once you get into that realm, it really works. So that's why, and, and you can make it a little, uh, a little more pure, I guess would be the way to say it by just taking the guys that are in the playoffs, reduce their purse a little bit and make the, re- and kind of split the purse. You have a regular season purse and a playoff purse and let them play out, play out for the, for the playoffs. I think it'd be a great way to do it. Do uh get to the final 16 and let them, let them draft teams. Like you, you, so so you're, you're, you're sort of creating this team atmosphere, which I think may is, is part of what makes match plays so compelling. So instead of drafting who you play, JT gets to draft who's on his team. Right. I think that would be cool. Uh, In addition to more match play events, we need more team events where they pick their teams. I completely agree. Let's turn (laughs) our attention to bubble boys because we have some very familiar names who are currently on the outside looking in of the BMW championship, and they've got work to do. Ricky Fowler, currently 88th in the FedEx Cup standings. Ricky Fowler, Tommy Fleetwood, 89th in the FedEx Cup standings. Brooks Kepka, 97th. And, oh, Jordan Spieth, 100th on the spot. Round number there. KP, we're going to start with you because Greg and I tried to hash this out the other day. We want to talk specifically about Brooks Kepka. It's going to be seven straight weeks of golf for Brooks. If he, gets, if he finds a way to get to Eastlake, we're talking about nine straight weeks. Uh, I would like to make the argument that he screwed up his schedule and that he should never be playing nine weeks in a row or let alone seven weeks in a row, and this thing kind of got away from him. For sure. Why, why did he play like the, the workday charity open? No one knows. That's the problem. No one knows. And he wasn't supposed to play the Memorial, and he added that late. And then why would I, you play? Why would you play the the first and like that? That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. That's that's the point. I don't know what he was trying to do, but this doesn't make sense. I think you could make a little bit of the same argument, and and it's a different situation. But for for Tommy Fleetwood, who's playing, I don't know, four, five, six in a row, something like that. He came back at the three M. I can't do the math there. This is this will be, I guess, four in a row. Um. So, yeah, I mean, the Kepka thing, by the way, 
what was his his number last week? Three to one to miss the cut. Nailed that. I was like one for eighty on picks last week. So that was the one I got. Yeah, that was (laughs) saw that one coming. Uh, I don't know. I just yeah. I I don't I don't know what. It's like it. it, We sort of talked about this with uh, with Tony Finau earlier in the year. Like, do you have a plan off the tee? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we're talking about his driving and it's on course stuff. But with Kepka, it's like, what, what are you trying to do here? Are you trying to get to Eastlake? Are you trying to prepare for the U S open? Are you only trying to win majors? Cause on one hand, he's like, I only care about majors. On the other hand, you've played nine weeks in a row. Right. So what, what's, what's actually, I don't know. Maybe he just wants to get to Eastlake, make a bunch more money and then go try to win the U S open. Of these four, Greg, uh, who's most likely to get into the BMW championship and who's the least likely to get into the BMW championship? I would say most like, wow, least likely uh, that uh, it's a great question, by the way, uh, most likely you. I'll start there. I, I think Tommy Fleetwood is the most likely he's getting reps in as Kyle just mentioned, he's played a number of weeks in a row, uh, starting to kind of get into a little bit of a groove. Um, and I think his first appearance, you know, like you look at that ranking and he's 89th because of lack of play. He's not 89th because, uh, mm. right, because of poor play. Like where, where Brooks and Spieth uh, and even Ricky, they've had their opportunities to get inside the top 70, right? They, they've had their starts. Fleetwood has kind of been uh, – he was taking it easy for a number of different reasons. So I, I think Fleetwood is kind of in good form. Uh, he's played some really good rounds. He needs to put four rounds together, and I believe he can do that. And I trust him more than anybody else to put four rounds together because – I think Tommy Fleetwood is trending in the right direction. Everybody else, I have question marks. I'm, I'm seeing kind of wrong direction with everybody else. Do we need these guys? Okay, so this is kind of weird. And, and, and what we've been talking about a lot is how deep the tour is, how great the tour is. You get to, to get to showcase a lot of new golfers. So, KP, do, like, are we going to miss these guys when we get to potentially Eastlake or when we get to the BMW Championship? Or are we just going to turn our attention to – the, uh, the, the so many great golfers that we do have. I, I can't imagine myself being like, man, I, I wish Ricky Fowler was here. Like, I, I cannot imagine those words are coming out of my mouth. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think so. And, and I think that speaks to, and you've talked about this, just how, and this is a little bit of the Colin Morikawa corollary of just how many really great players there are. And, and I don't mean that just talent-wise, but just interesting guys to follow. There's going to be 25 interesting storylines at Eastlake. And if one of these guys is not one of them, it it doesn't, I just don't think it really comes into the picture. Really. Uh, We got to tee up on Spieth here. Uh, When is the last time he made it to Eastlake? It's been, he missed last year. Did he miss two years in a row? Right. Right. Uh, He, I want to say it's been, I thought he made it in 18. I could be wrong about that. I'll look it up. Um, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> it's not. No, I don't think he did make it in 18. Did he not? No. Oh, I think, wasn't, wasn't he like 31st or something? Yes. Yeah, he was like the one right outside. Yeah, That's he was right. a bubble boy. Yeah. This so this is going to – Like he needed that event to earn enough uh, to That's have right. cards. So he planned on getting in. It was, uh, yeah, I, re- I remember that. He got, a, he got a slap on the wrist from the tour. He had to like play the – Sony Open or something. It's like, oh wow, I got to go to Hawaii. For, oh, that's right. You know, my, my punishment. <laughs> I forgot about that. 
Yeah, uh, what a punishment. <laughs> yeah, it was real, pretty tough. Tough deal. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I, why did I pick him for our one and done last week? What was I, what was I doing? I assumed I, desperation. I thought it was because you, you were not going to be working, so you kind of thought, well, I'm That's not working. Right. He has to win. That's right. I, I thought you, because you weren't working, you didn't have to face it. Like you could just like put it out there and not have to talk about it ever again. So I, I was thinking about this and, and I, I didn't go through, Rick would actually maybe have a, a easier time doing this, but I, I wonder who has at least statistically been the most similar to Spieth over the last two years Ooh. and how, how differently we, we talk about whoever that person is or how we don't talk about them at all. Okay, and, and that that that's the one. It's it's some. I'll I'll find a guy who's very similar for you, but I I feel like it's the latter where we don't talk about him at all. Yeah, we we don't even pay attention to somebody who isn't, and and for good reason. Like it's it. Spieth is obviously three time major winner, all this stuff, but he just is like so irrelevant statistically that it's like, what are we even talking about? Says the guy who brings him up on every podcast. I, I just and and I don't know. I don't know if that's a if if you I don't know if it's a thing where like you quickly snap out of it you snap you, it it's gradual over a long period of time or you never snap out of it what if, what if we've gotten to a point with Spieth where it's like this is who he is for the rest of his career and the outlier was actually the first four years or the first five years or whatever I mean is that, is that in play Yeah well the hard thing about it is you've never seen him go through a low before where when you look at Justin Rose. He, when he first came out on tour, he missed 21 cuts in a row. So we've seen Justin Rose kind of crawl out of the uh, crawl out of the low time, out of the dark time, and get to world number one. He's climbed the mountain. Jordan Spieth came out, and everything went his way. And so we haven't really seen him overcome uh, adversity on a from a wide scale adversity, like, well, a, like the, broad stroke adversity. So so um, Webb's uh, caddy, Paul Tesori, brought this up after. I want to say it was after the Players' Championship. So this was a time, and, and this is different, I get it, but um, Webb, uh, Webb's father passed away. Do you guys remember that? Like yes. when, it, when that was going on. Was that before, the players, before he won the Players or after? Uh, I don't know how that – I don't remember. Know that. Top of my it, head. It might have been after. Anyway, the quote from Paul Tesori was like, you know, in, in some ways, like as a person, this was, a, this was like – obviously incredibly difficult to go through, but also it, it's good for people to go through adversity because it makes them more resilient. It makes them stronger. It makes them just more well-rounded personally. And, and he said something like everything has always kind of gone Webb's way, like his entire life. Like he's just been good. He's got, um, you know, success as an amateur, success in college, like great fan, like all these different things. And so for him to face adversity was, it was unusual, but it was also a really good thing. And, and, and it's completely different. I'm not comparing like your family life to not being able to like find the center of the club face, like speed. But in some ways, I wonder if you come out the other side of this four or five years from now, if you're even able to, and you're just, a, you're just more well-rounded and better overall as a golfer. I, I don't know if that's in play, but it seems like it could be. Here is the best comp I could find uh, very quickly. Uh, Wait, let, let, me, let me guess. <laughs> I don't think you're going to guess it. <laughs> okay, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, Dave. Jordan Spieth, I went back two years. Jordan okay. Spieth played 143 rounds. Uh, this person has played 163. Okay. 
They are within 0.05 strokes gain total of one another. They are almost identical off the tee. They, uh, this other golfer is about a quarter of a stroke better on approaches, but a quarter of a stroke worse putting around the green. They're almost identical. They're very, very similar. This is, this is going to disgust me. It's going to be atrocious. <laughs> it's, it's not pretty. Uh, Justin Hadley. <laughs> wow. No, not a bad guess though. Uh, Brian Stewart, who <laughs> I, I, that has to be the first time I've ever uttered Brian Stewart's name on the first cup podcast, which right is, the, which is sort of my whole point. Why are we doing, why are we doing like 10 minutes on speed for, <laughs> for TPC Boston? By the way? Cause it's so good, but, it's but so that, good. that's, I'm glad. I'm so glad that you have that person available because that you have that person, you have Brian Stewart available <laughs> because I was thinking about that. I was like cleaning the kitchen last night and I was like, I wonder who st- I, this is for real. Like this actually happened. I wonder who statistically is the most similar to speed that we've literally never talked about. And there you go. There you go. Brian Stewart. All right, let's turn our attention to the big cat. And, uh, Oh, by the way, Greg, how about this? A, a little tiger sighting at wings foot. Oh, him and JT a little sighting. I love this. Yeah. Pretty cool. Apparently it happened really quick. Uh, my inside sources over there say it was I actually got a, well, we don't need to go down this road, but yeah, no, no, do please, it. Please do. You can't yes. do that. My uh, my buddy, my college roommate, and oh, you don't uh, have to out him. Just tell us what he said. <laughs> no, well, he actually played nine holes with JT, Ooh. and JT uh, JT shot two under. Let you know, let me dig this up because yeah, here we go. He contended. He was two up. Well, my buddy, who, who's a good player, right? I mean, he's no PGA Tour player. But when you work over there, I mean, those guys are real golf pros, right? They, they play a lot. And so basically, I got to search this here. But basically, well, he was two up through three and lost the front nine, two down. Um, your JT, buddy did or JT did? My buddy did. He, <laughs> okay. JT ended up beating him. He was like the number two player in the world. Apparently, he kind of showed up. Nobody knew he was coming. He, he kind of stuck in there and all did they make it, Did they make him pay? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, he had to pay the caddy. There you go. That's <laughs> but he, sick. Pretty cool. He, uh, my other friend, I, two of my best friends from college, and the three of us are kind of a, a little, uh, a little gang. We, they both work there. You're in a gang. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a gang. We're called the Free Three. Uh, so <laughs> we abide by no laws. Anyway, uh, I mean, I just made that up. What's your gang symbol? Hand symbol. This is the free my, three. My one friend. Yeah, this is taking an unexpected turn. <laughs> Greg, my, my, Greg being in a gang is not like I, that was like 800 to one coming into the podcast. Today. For sure. Somebody cashed that. T- I, I think Jacob probably cashed. He had he had a <laughs> he had a ticket on that one. But anyway, he my one friend is playing with JT. My other friend gets home from work, has no idea that he was even there. So it was very under the radar, very low key under the radar. It was it was pretty neat. But did you did you guys see what JT said about the course? He said he loved it. It's all he said. It's all out in front of you. He said it's hard. It's it's narrow in certain landing spots, but it's all out in front of you. All all I could think about as he was talking about that was, man, I hope I hope Greg sees this. I hope Greg is <laughs> is listening in. Yeah, this was awesome. It's going to be great. They're going to be popping in all over the place. So I'll try to keep my updates. I'll keep my sources happy. Uh, and, and I'll get you guys some updates as we go. But, yeah, very cool JT Tiger sighting. I didn't hear anything about Tiger, uh, just about JT. 
So, well, you, you heard about the guy who has a chance to win the U.S. Open. So. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I, think, I think also a pretty good chance to win this week. Yes, for uh, sure. All right, let's talk Tiger because he is currently ooh, 49th in the FedEx Cup standings. KP, we talked a little bit about this last week. Um, I, like, I cannot describe how much Tiger wants to lock up his spot in East Lake this week so that he doesn't have to play next week. And maybe he doesn't, though, because I keep forgetting about the staggered start. Maybe he needs or wants the strokes. I don't know. I, I just uh, – how, how much does he not want to play three weeks in a row? Or is he well, going to – I think it's – bizarre like like truly bizarre that he has played four times in 2020 right tory riviera uh muirfield village and harding park that's it that's all he's played and he's gonna play three in the next three weeks i'm concerned i i I just i find that kind of hard to believe like I, i i don't I, I don't know. I don't get it. We, I mean, it, it would be one thing if you got the, the long break after the Tour Championship, but you got U.S. Open two weeks after. Yep. Like, Tiger's going to go four out of five weeks with, at, with the U.S. Open at the end. I, that does not add up to me. I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's going to play if he makes it to the next round, though. Um, and I think he will. He, he's playing pretty well. You know, it's not – you look at some of these finishes, and you're like, eh, I don't know. But he's hitting the – He's in the ball well. You know, it's not like it's not like a couple of years ago where you're like, wow, he's kind of all over the yard with his tee to green stuff. It's more so he's just not putting it that great. So I think I think the way he's striking the ball is good enough to get him to BMW, to get him to the tour championship. And then you get to end, the end of that at Eastlake in early September, late August. I mean, he's going to be toast. Uh, I completely agree. Yeah, I don't know how. I- it's very interesting to me. The one thing I'll say is that fortunately it's summertime. I, I don't know anything about Olympia Field, um, but TPC Boston doesn't seem to be, you know, too hilly. It doesn't seem to be too tough of a walk. I've never walked it personally, but it doesn't seem to be too crazy. Um, I don't really know about Olympia Fields. Eastlake's a place you know he's comfortable. You know it's going to be hot down there. Uh, you're talking about Georgia in August. It's going to be hot. So that, I think, bodes well in his, in his favor. But what's the likelihood that he gets to Eastlake? I, I kind of feel like he's going to play these two tournaments, uh, not make it to Eastlake, and then I, I think he's got two weeks to get ready for U.S. Open. And I think from that standpoint, this works. If he's got yeah. it another week, well, so be it. Maybe, you know, if, if, he, if he's really not feeling it, he can always withdraw. He's done that before. So, it, would, that, you know. It would be sick if he – made it to the tour championship and then didn't play. He's like, I'm good. I'm going <laughs> to <I'm> go <good. laughs> prep for the U S open. <laughs> Got to make sure I'm in shape for Punta Cana in a couple of weeks. Um, speaking of tiger, he's part of our prop questions. Greg, would you like to win $2,500 this week? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, no need to put any of your own money at stake. Just go to cbssportscom slash golf props to play. A link is in the description. So you've got no excuse. Our full tournament game is up right now. And you can answer this very question. It is in regards to Tiger Woods, Greg, what will his lowest round of the week be at the Northern trust? Your options over 67 and a half or under 67 and a half. Remember par 71, three par five. So we're talking about what four under. We're talking about four. I, I think he shoots uh, around under 67.5. I think he can get a, a five under round in. I mean, you got two really, really reachable par fives. 
the four, we talked about this yesterday, Rick, uh, the, the short fourth hole is going to be reachable for everybody. I think there's plenty of birdie holes out there for Tiger. And as Kyle said, he's hitting the ball. He's hitting the ball. All right. He's hitting it well enough. So I, I think he's going to get at least one round pretty low. He has one round of 67 or better in his last one, two, three, four events. So in 2020, I guess that's really not much. He's only played four times. One round of 67 or better. He did it in his last round, last round of the PGA Championship. KP, over or under 67 and a half? Well, I was going to go under until you gave that stat. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go under. I, you know, I, I think this is a very – I was looking at the kind of the course makeup on data golf and just like what plays well and what doesn't. And it's like the most average PGA tour course. Like it just, like if you overlay it to the PGA tour average course, like strokes ain't off the tee, strokes ain't approach. It's, it like fits exactly. So uh, to me, it, it's not going to be overly difficult for him. And if he, his putter won't be cold for four straight rounds. So I'll, I'll say at least one round of 67. I actually think under as well, because if you look at the other, uh, the other events that he's played, it's been Tory, which is tough. It's been Riviera, which is tough. It's mm-hmm. been Muirfield Village, which is tough. And it was the PGA Championship. Like, uh, I think he's got a 67 in him. This is going to be probably the easiest course he's played this calendar year. Yeah. We'll go there. Uh, all right. We have got to do matchups. We've got to do best bets and expert picks. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four, our listeners, uh, first time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And we're back. All right, match-up picks. Gentlemen, uh, who, I, I looked at it earlier and I can't remember. Greg, are you the defending champion? You're 6-2. and two. I'm defending champion. Okay, congratulations. So you are going to get to go first here. Uh, and our first matchup 
is Rory McIlroy minus one ten versus John Rahm minus one ten. Where are you going, Greg? Both of these guys have some definite question marks about him. I'm going to go Rory here. I, I love his past history, uh, winning twice, of course. Um, and I feel like Rory's due. And I think this may be the venue where he kind of peaks a little bit, plays a little bit better, kind of gets things uh, back in order. I mean, only one top 30 since the restart. It's kind of crazy. I, I don't have much confidence in either one of these guys at the moment. I don't know if no. I should. I mean, I guess Rom's been better. Uh, but I, I'm going to take Rory here. I, I, it hasn't been good since the restart. I just kind of refuse to believe we can go on a prolonged stretch KP where Rory's like not good. Did you guys see his quote after the PGA? Mm, no. He said uh, he, was there, he was being – I thought I brought this up on a podcast. Maybe not. He was being asked about um, why he hasn't contended for like, like, until, like on a Sunday afternoon basically at a major in a while. And he said something like, I don't know, maybe I'm not as good as I used to be. Oh, yeah, you told us yeah, that. You and you're like, about that. oh, that's oh, poor Rory. Give me that's, a it's not, but it's not true, though. I know. I know. <laughs> but it, but it, at majors, it sort of has. I, I, anyway, whatever. Uh, I don't, I'm with you. I, I don't love either one of these guys. Rory's won twice here. I guess I'll go Rory. Bryson DeChambeau, he's got the quote of Tuesday. He's got his, uh, I don't know, ball speed up of his six iron up to a million miles an hour or something. He's getting stronger every day. He's evolving KP. He's going up against Justin Thomas at minus 105. These are a couple of heavyweights. Who you got? Well, it's one heavyweight and one featherweight. Um <laughs> Bryson's quote about going down the rabbit hole. He's like, I'm just going to go down the rabbit hole, see how far it goes. And it's like, well, that usually ends well. Right. Uh, that, that never backfires ever. I'll go, uh, I'll go JT. He's so good on this course. He's playing really well right now. I, yeah, I'm going to pick him to win. So I'll, I'll pick him here. Greg. Uh, I'm, I'm so torn here because, you know, part of me does believe that the end of that rabbit hole is a pot of gold for, for Bryson here. <laughs> He just continues to $15 million. Yeah. There may be a pot of gold, a pot of gold down there. So we'll see what happens. I have no idea where to go. Like I, I know that these two guys are probably one of these guys. I'm probably going to say is going to win. Um, just a, a little teaser alert. I like both these players more than anybody else in the field this week. I'm going to go uh, Bryson. That may be hedging a little bit. Ooh. Okay, that's like that's a little foreshadowing. Got it. Um, I'm gonna take JT because if my whole thing, if my whole shtick is like, oh, T to green game, it's all that matters, blah blah blah. Like there we go. I say, I think I have to do this because he's going to go as far as his putter allows him to, and I think that's a good thing. I think that's a fine thing. Only six winners on tour. Since the start of 2015, I've been able to win a golf tournament while losing strokes putting. JT did it at the WGC FedEx St. Jude. As we know, he lost the most strokes out of any of those six. The rest of his game, absolutely sublime. I'll go JT. You I think Jason... like yourself uh, right there, by the way. <laughs> well, they, uh, oh, yeah. the strokes getting Tina Green. <laughs> I think, uh, didn't, didn't Jason Duffner do that at, uh, at Memorial a couple years ago? Yes. I don't have the list in front of me, but it's Duffner, Kyle Stanley. Yes. Um, that was a couple it, of uh, really good ones there. Congressional, I think. Yeah. I, I don't have the full list in front of me, but yeah, Duffner definitely did it. It's the, that's the usual suspects, Duffner and Kyle Stanley. <laughs> exactly right. Very on brand for both of those guys. Uh, Dustin Johnson, 
minus 110 versus Xander Shoffley. I'll go first. I love Dustin Johnson in outright situations. I hate him when you have to have like a floor because usually if you finish like 20th, you're going to win a matchup most of the time. Uh, DJ's first or last. He's Ricky Bobby. I'll take Xander. KP. Yep. Xander. Xander's been really good uh, in terms of top 20s and top 10s over the last, really since the restart. So I like Xander here. Greg. I'm totally, I totally agree. Xander has been playing great. Uh, hasn't been getting a lot of attention. He, this is the kind of event Xander wins too. He's kind of under the radar um, and it's a big time event and Xander's due. This one's really kind of sneaky. Uh, Jason Day versus Colin Morikawa, which if you told me this was going to be a matchup where both of them are minus 110, like, I don't know, six weeks ago, I'd be like, that's a joke. Jason Day's should retire. Uh, he has resurrected himself. He's unbelievable, Greg. I mean, the irons have come around. He's top, he's top 10 everything. I mean, this is, he hasn't won here at TPC Boston, but he's been in contention over and over and over again. So I'll take Jason Day. Where are you going, Greg? I'm going to go Colin Morikawa here, but I am, I mean, all the props in the world go to Jason Day for getting into this matchup. I agree with you. I was so, uh, I was so happy to see him in here. We're, we're getting to talk about Jason Day and it's not, is he going to be able to make it uh, to, you know, to, is he going to be able to make his own coffee tomorrow morning? Like he, Jason Day can play. He's playing real golf now. Is, so, is making coffee a very physical activity? Well, you have to get out of bed. You have to go. Oh. These are the kind of things that I worried about with Jason Day for a while. So uh, happy to have him back, uh, you know, fully operational. We need to get Phil's Coffee Company to sponsor the podcast. Oh, we really do. Did you see the video of him, how he makes it every morning and a couple scoops of this, a couple scoops of that? He's got the, uh, what's that thing called? Little mixer thing? The frother? Oh, no, I, di- I didn't see it. Was oh, it? this I, is beautiful. I tried to just eject from the internet last week. So if it was last week, I probably didn't see it. I don't know when it was. Time doesn't exist anymore. But yeah. I, think he, I think he posted it on Instagram. I'm going with, uh, with Jason Day here. Four straight top tens. Uh, I think you're getting a little value just because Mark Howell just came off the PGA win. Um, it kind of feels like Day's going to win one of these, one of the three playoff events. So I'll, I'll go with him here. He is, if you go to the last five years of strokes, gained numbers of all the playoff events. The top four guys are like, JT, Day, Rom, and Paul Casey. So they definitely are Paul in. Paul Casey. Wow, I'm there surprised Rory's not in there. Uh, Rory's not in there. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Webb Simpson, who is actually playing with Morikawa and JT uh, in featured groups versus Patrick Cantlay. Kyle, we'll start with you. Oh, that's such a great group, by the way. Yes, go, go tell a – if you're 10 years old, I don't know why you're listening to podcasts <laughs> if you're 10 years old, but if you are and you just want to – swing however you swing go watch that group three very unique awesome swings um i don't know if web swing is awesome but it's unique i'm gonna go with web i I thought he i mean obviously the lock of the year top 10 at wyndham yeah i kind of like cantlay as like a dark horse overall fedex cup winner but i think that i think his success comes later in the playoffs i think web uh plays great at a at a place where he's won before Cantlay, for me, I just kind of one of these situations where I don't like to say he's due. I just think he has to get back to playing as well. Like, he's played well for like two or three rounds at a time uh, in, in the last couple of weeks that we've seen him. He's just got to put it all together. Greg? Yeah, I have some questions about Cantlay. I mean, I'm, I'm typically pretty bullish on him. I'm a huge fan of his game. Um, I think it suits most golf courses well. But this, is, this feels like web territory to me. I mean, he's, he's playing so well. 
he just kind of without his best stuff last week ends up top three just just 66 66 and then why not 65s over the weekend but i think webb's just feeling great i think he's playing some of the best golf of his life and on a course where he's comfortable i, I think it's going to be another great week for webb patrick reed minus 125 who will be playing with bryson and sun J M. pretty good uh against hideki matsuyama greg we'll stay here with you reed or hideki I really like Reed this week. Uh, I, I think he's playing. He's starting to kind of peak. He's definitely headed in the right direction. We talked about this yesterday, uh, and and he makes a ton of birdies. This is a good course for Patrick Reed. I, I'm going to go with Reed. I'll take Reed as well, Kyle. I'll go Hideki. Good value here. He was top ten in eighteen, which is the last time they had a playoff event here. So I, I like Hideki. Right. So Patrick Reed, technically your defending champion, wasn't here at TPC Boston, but will defend the Northern Trust this <laughs> week. Golf is weird. Makes uh, sense. Yeah. Paul Casey, who I just spouted that stat about, versus Adam Scott. So I'll take Casey. Uh, Kyle, who do you like? Man, great <laughs> ball striking matchup. Uh, I'll go Adam Scott. I thought he was, I thought he was really good at uh, Harding Park for not having played in six months. So I'll go with him here. Greg. I agree. I, I think Adam Scott, he didn't look that rusty, played really well. He's close to getting it uh, all together. Uh, another place where it seems like all the great players have played really well here at, in Boston. Um, yeah. But so I, I love that aspect. I, I think Adam Scott's going to edge out Paul Casey. Maybe Paul Casey's a little, a little tired. He's been playing great, but maybe, maybe he's played a little too much lately. I've been told it's Billy Horschel season, and he is in our next matchup versus Scotty Scheffler, who this has got to be his playoff debut, I think. I think he was in it last year, wasn't he? Oh, I guess, yeah. I guess 125 probably would have been pretty, yeah. This might, okay. This might not be his playoff <laughs> uh, uh, debut. Uh, Greg, we'll start with you. Billy Horschel or Scotty Scheffler? Wasn't Scotty Scheffler, uh, well, never mind. I won't go down that path. I thought for some reason he was a rookie this year. Um, That's maybe right. Was. I was wrong. Okay. So um, he was in the Corn Ferry Tour finals last year. Yeah. Tearing it up. I, I like Billy Horschel in this one. I think he's another one of those guys playing really well. I don't think last week's defeat was uh, like an emotion. I, I think Billy Horschel's starting to feel hungry. I think he's starting to see the trophy. He feels like he can get it. Um, so, man, I, I know a lot of people are really high on him right now. I definitely am too. Kyle. Yeah, I like Scheffler. I, I, to me, Horschel's a little too putter-heavy uh, in terms of how he's putting scores together. Uh, Scheffler was awesome at the PGA Championship. I, I think he kind of continues that momentum into this event. While Billy Horschel is a notoriously good putter, what he did last week was his best putting performance in almost exactly a year. I'm going to say he comes back to earth just a little bit. Scotty Scheffler edges him out. So I'll take Scotty Scheffler. Abraham answer versus Matthew Fitzpatrick in our final matchup. Greg, I, I didn't even have to look. I see it. I see it in the outline, but I knew who you were going to pick here. Yeah. Abraham answer. I'm a huge fan of this guy. Matthew Fitzpatrick plays great on really tough golf courses. I don't think this is that kind of style. Uh, I, I think Abraham answer is going to be a really nice fit here. He's hitting the ball. I mean, he's, he's really striking it as well as anybody. So I'm going to go answer all day here. Kyle. Yeah. I'm going the trifecta for honest Abe, father Abraham over there. 
I, I, the Fitzpatrick thing, I, I just, it, it's less about answer and more about the Fitzpatrick regression from those like unbelievable putting performances at, at Muirfield Village and where else did he, did he, uh, oh, the, uh, the Southwood, TPC Southwind. Yeah, he just he putted like, it out of his mind. Yeah, he had like a four-week stretch where it was like the most strokes gained ever in a four – it was like unbelievable stuff what yeah, he was doing. Yeah, so I'm going with, with, uh, with Abe. I am too. He is an absolute gamer. He pops up in – I mean, every, every single – field. doesn't matter who's in the field. doesn't matter what tournament it is. He finds a way to compete. Expert picks. That is a very generous way to refer to us. Uh, let's start with our sleepers. And Greg, you have an Oklahoma State guy. I do, um, and it's hard to call him a real sleeper, but, you know, we have these guidelines. We have these, uh, you know, breakdowns. So this guy, he's at, sitting at 50-1 to 1 right now. 40-1 to 1 or, or longer is a, considered a sleeper. And this is Matthew Wolf. And I just I think you're getting such a great deal on him. I think there's a lot of we, uh, win equity with a Matthew Wolf, and he can handle a field like this. Now, we always say, and this is true, stars win here in Boston. It, it's always been that way. The bi- big names typically win here. You have a couple exceptions, like like a Chris Kirk or or, uh, or whatever, but big names win here. And Matthew Wolf may not be a big name right now, but he will be soon. He's a, he is a rising star in the game, and this could be the kind of week where uh, it accelerates his career. I think the PGA Championship gave him a lot of confidence. Uh, and seeing Morikawa win, I think they're feeding off of each other. Uh, I like Wolf this week. Kyle, you're looking to keep the momentum from someone who played very well at Wyndham. Who is it? Uh, yeah, I've got uh, – I love the Matthew Wolf pick, by the way, Greg. I've got, I've got Siwoo, and we're going to go to uh, – I've got this queued up with producer Jacob. We're going to hear from Jordan Spieth right now. Siwoo, shaking that ass, shaking that ass, shaking that ass. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you guys had this little secret thing that you had planned. <laughs> I, I, uh, I can't believe he said that. <laughs> I can't either. I mean, he must have had a couple beers because that was that was crazy. That was very just, I, you know, out of I don't know. It was it was awesome. It was hilarious. But no, uh, Siwoo, uh, he's gotten he's he's had a better finish in each of his last three events than the one before it. So he goes t forty three, t forty one, t thirteen. And then T3 last week at Wyndham. Um, the talent is not a question. I was talking about this on HQ. The talent is unbelievable. I mean, the early part of, early part of his career was incredible. Uh, it's more of a consistency thing. So uh, playing great golf, I think 70 is a, is a good number for him in a field like this. And, uh, yeah, I like him as a sleeper. I don't mind that one bit. I'm going to say words I've never said before. How about Emiliano Grio, who is 150 to 1? Here is the tidbit. In the last four years of strokes gain data at TPC Boston, Emiliano Grillo ranks second in total strokes gained, or I guess average strokes gained, behind Justin Thomas, ahead of Jason Day, ahead of Bryson, ahead of Justin Rose. Let's uh, we'll see if we can keep it going this week. Top 10. Greg, you've got a heavyweight. Yeah, uh, the heavyweight of all heavyweights. Bryson, I, this is look. It's a course he's had success at. I know this is new. Bryson, he's playing great. He continues to play play great. He drives it really, really. I don't know if you've heard, but he drives it a long way. And he's also that. putting great. He's like sixth in strokes game putting for the year. It's really impressive to me. I look at this venue, and uh, and I know he's been working on his wedge play as well, along with other things apparently. Um, but I I think this is going to come down to putting at the end of it. it it's going to turn into a putting contest. 
at some point with the guys that are hitting it well enough to get in contention. And I, I trust Bryson with the flat stick right now. So it feels like a, it feels like a, a Bryson week to me. I'm taking Sung J M. Uh, and I would back. like, uh, okay. So if he is back, then he is like 30 points mispriced and he should be like 35 to one to win this golf tournament instead of like 50 or even 65 to one to win this golf tournament. He's six to one to finish in the top 10. He's back, baby. I'm running him out there. KP, who is your top 10? Sorry. I was just looking up Brian Stewart's career earnings. Do you think it's, uh, do you think it's, uh, over or under 10 mil? Oh, over. He plays all the time. I was thinking slightly under. I'm guessing nine, nine, eight, nine point eight. Greg, that's that's un- <laughs> Did you just Google that in like point five seconds? Well, I, no, I, I look these things up. <laughs> do you know? Do you know every player's career earnings? No, 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 no. That was a complete. That, that was rabbit out of a hat. He's like John Nash over there. Yeah. Oh my god, that was good. Congrats, Greg. We can shut it down right now. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he's won one time. He won the uh, Zurich. I forgot, but not, but not the team version, right? Or was it the team version? No, I think it, it was individual. It was in 2016. I, I think it was. Uh, that's close. Yeah, I don't know. I know. It was <laughs> I, I have. I have no memory of that win. So. <laughs> uh kyle you're a top 10 <laughs> uh yeah what are we talking uh jason day we, we talked about Stroller. four straight top tens uh i'm not as concerned about how many top tens he's had in a row as i am with how well he's striking the ball really like him this week really like him if i had to like if you gave me a number on this person will win a playoff event and i got him at like 15 to 1 i, I think that would be a, a great bet i think there should be more exotic bets like that like, I mean, that's, that's yeah, up. that's like not too silly. It's not like, will Phil take more strokes than, you know, somebody has receiving yards in the Super Bowl or whatever? Yeah, that, those, those are just stupid. But that, that one is like, oh, yeah, that, that's like reasonable over the next three weeks. That's like when I wanted to bet Bryson to like just win one of like the next five events or whatever. Yeah, just like, yeah. I don't care which one, just one of them. Yeah. Um, Greg. Uh, I'll give this to you for your pick to win because I think it's a familiar name we're going to see from Kyle as well. Justin Thomas. Now, look, this is where I, why I said earlier I'm kind of hedging a little bit because I took Bryson in the matchup. Uh, JT, I'm, I'm picking to win. I, I can't decide if it's JT or Bryson who's going to get the job done this week, but I think both of them contend. Uh, I think the golf course suits them both perfectly. And Kyle will tell you, I mean, JT is striking it so nicely, and I love his short iron and wedge play. Go ahead, Kyle. Tell me that you like his short game and wedge play. <laughs> He's the most well-rounded player in the world. There's nothing that he's like the best in the world at, but he's like top 30 in the world in everything. I mean, I was looking this up the other day. I was looking at driving distance. I was doing a story on Morikawa and Bryson and how different they are with driving distance. Speed averages more off the tee than, than JT by, by a decent – well, it's not a ton, but by, by a, you know, small margin. It's just, I think we think about JT as being one of the top 10 bombers. He's really not. He's just unreal in every aspect of the game. And when you're that good and you just don't really have holes, you're going to contend a lot when your putter's hot. So that's, I've, I'm picking, I'm basically just picking JT every week because he's so, so good right now that he's going to hit one out of every, I think he's 12 to one this week. His winning percentage right now is going to be higher than that 
um, based on how well he's playing. That's a, I agree with you. And that is a great segue into my golfer who I'm, I'm taking Dustin Johnson and this is a lot of value. So uh, I talked about how much I hate his floor in matchups, but the fact that he's so volatile, his ceiling is so high and his floor is so low that like in an outright situation, I don't care if he finishes second or 72nd. It doesn't matter. It's all the same. I'll take Dustin Johnson. Uh, rapid fire one and done leans. I will tell you, I don't have anybody left. I would take DJ uh, if I had him available. I, I, I don't have anyone. I'm probably going to play Adam Scott in our one and done. Greg, what say you? JT. KP. You have JT left? Yeah, I, I got... I got a lot. He's got of like guys. everyone left. I thought he told us. I'm I'm screwed. Um, I might go Danny B. Straight vibing. He has been straight vibing. Best bets. Greg is on his phone. Yeah, I'm trying to check out who I got left, but I, you know what? <laughs> we'll save it as a surprise. Next week you'll be surprised again. Uh, I so I I. My best bet is Abraham answer over Matthew Fitzpatrick. And it's because of what Kyle and Rick said earlier. Fitzpatrick was kind of on a real hot streak because of the putter. I also don't think this is a Fitzpatrick kind of course. If we were playing the Arnold Palmer Invitational, okay, Fitzpatrick's really a threat. But here at TPC Boston, I don't think this fits his style. So, I, And I do think it fits Abraham Answer's style. So I think that's the best bet of the week. I like it. Kyle, which two golfers would you like to choose to win the golf tournament? <laughs> Stop. Are you going to do one of those? <laughs> I did uh, Lucas, Lucas Glover top 20. Oh, okay. So it's, uh, it's plus 750. He had four straight top 20 or top 25s and then three straight miscuts. So I actually like the volatility in this case. And, you know, some of those miscuts were just a cold putter, which is often the case with him. Um, so, yeah, I, I like him at that number in this field. Lucas Glover top 20. Love it. I have a top 20 bet as well. It's Doc Redman at five to one. The guy is a flusher. Thanks to Mark Immelman for telling us that. Uh, love the way his game is going right now. So I'll take him to finish in the top 20. Gentlemen, thank you very much. That's the Wyndham. Nope. That's the Northern Trust. Storylines, <laughs> best bets, matchups, all the good stuff. Uh, we'll be back at it all week long. Let me thank Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at TheRealGFD. Let me thank Kyle Porter. You can find him at Kyle Porter CBS. I'm Rick Rungood. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.